Father, thank you that uh, the deepest part of us calls out to the deepest part of you. The deepest part of our whole hearts, minds, souls and bodies calls out to know you. And you invite us into the deepest parts of you. We thank you for that. Whew. Wow. Oh, man. Nick. Nick. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's so good to worship. And I, I just, just as, we're, just as we're coming down and taking a handbrake turn in a moment, I just think it's just a moment to close our eyes and just to, just to recenter ourselves. Like it says on the Lectio app, if you listen to that, just recenter your scattered senses. And yes, God, it's so good to worship you. But we just love being in your presence. So we're just going to sit and we're just going to just allow what we've sung, what we've said, what we've heard, what we believe, just to wash over us and just help create our very identity. And we just say, thank you, Lord, that you're with us in the quiet. You're with us in the, the mad dancing. You're with us in the worship. You're with us when we're alone, when we're together. You're so precious and we love you. Lord, just be with us. Just be with us today. Just give us eyes to see and ears to hear and hearts to be ready to respond. Amen. I was on the train back home from um, London last night and I missed my stop. And it was very costly because I had to get a taxi back from Haywards Heath to Chichester. And um, you can donate at the back. Um, but... But I just, I, what I wanted to share is that I just wasn't paying attention and I missed it and it was costly. And I just think this morning, God is saying, pay attention. What's, God, what's he saying to you? What's he saying through the worship? What's he saying through the stillness? What's he going to be saying through what Andy shares in a bit? Pay attention. What we're going to hear a bit later is that the disciples who were fishing... They were um, so thankful that Jesus turned up and actually filled their nets to breaking. And so what I want to do is before each of you sit down, all of you who are helping us, would you like to tell us something that you are thankful for about God today? So what are you thankful for? What's he done in your life recently that makes you really thankful for him? I'm going to come around. Being baptised. Yeah. Being baptised. A week of being baptised. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. <laughs> He's doing great. Brilliant. Ready? Being on holiday. Yes. <laughs> Who else has been on holiday this week? Yes. Excellent. Well done. Thankful for looking silly up here. <laughs> yes, we're thankful for that too, Ken. <laughs> thankful for how God is moving in my family. Um, I'm thank you. Thank you. I'm thankful. You're welcome. That I got an acting agent. Yes! Come on, hey. so So cool! Sorry, I didn't know that. Whoa, go you! <laughs> Guys, what are you thankful for? What do you want to say thank you to God for? I'm thankful for the world. The world. Yeah. Oh, man, Amen. I love that. What about you? Thank you for God. Yeah, thank you for God. Yeah, Amen. I love that. Well, thank you for our teams for taking part in our game. Good job. Give them a big round of applause. Amazing. <laughs> now, I think... And Andy, uh, did you check in with that one person? Hmm? Got, my, uh, yeah. uh, Jesus calls his first disciples. One day, at one day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, 
The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw the water's edges, two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats and the one belonging to Simon and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken, and so were James and John. The sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners, then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid, from now on you will fish for people. So they pulled out their boats up on the shore, left everything and followed him. Hey guys, <laughs> how are we doing? Milo had mud on his leg, you know he's going to be the next Premier League striker. He's got mud at all times. Thank you, Milo. Um, who's got one of these, by the way? I'm blessed and a co-worker, so <laughs> just, just going to say that. Um, today, in that passage, um, I have the privilege of just talking about, I think, just like two main things from that that I want us to think about today and take away. And I think the first thing is Simon's obedience to Jesus. And the second thing is that Jesus' kindness leads us to repentance. Right, let me break it down. I watched Hamilton the other day. Have you anyone seen Hamilton? Yeah. Sorry, off to, off to ask. Unbelievable. <laughs> Recommend. Um, so, in verse 5, actually, take that back. The first thing I want to talk about is just what a fisherman would have been like back in the day. So, like, a fisherman by then is like your, just like, your, I think quite like a, your average working class kind of job. Like, everyone's, like your dad's done that, and then it's like, here you go, now you're going to learn that. Everyone's got their like trade, you're a brickie or something like that, and he's like, you're a fisherman. So everyone's like doing that. And the reason I say that is, I think about who Jesus called to be his disciples, and the types of character. I know like, you probably heard a lot of like, oh, if I was picking like a band of merry men to unlock the secrets of the university, I'd probably pick like, some dude in parliament, or some rich person, or Rick Goring with a Western estate, no. <laughs> Free Western. Um, no. But like Jesus, like I think about Jesus called like Simon Peter, this guy who, yes, was like maybe like working class, but I just think about his heart, which was someone who understood probably disappointment. He's a fisherman, so he's probably understood not getting a catch. Well, we see in this passage that he didn't. 
He understands like, the toil, like physical labor, the exhaustion of work to try and bring food to the table. Like probably getting annoyed about stuff like that. Like just all these things, like a hands-on labor of love, not just like a, a scholar of, of the Bible, like a Pharisee. And I think about that because it also makes me think of the types of people in the Old Testament as well, like Moses. For 40 years, he was a shepherd. Imagine like 40 years, like I imagine now, like I'm 22 and at 62, Jesus goes like, now we're going to do the thing that I've like called you for. <laughs> Be like, okay, I don't know if I'm really ready to wait that long. But for 40 years, he was being transformed and his heart was being formed in the desert. That kind of raw and humble uh, heart posture and probably also quite just real and, and broken and aware of that. And I think about that for someone like Simon Peter. So the first thing in verse 5, it says, so they're in the boat. Jesus has just taken <laughs> Simon's boat. Thanks, bro. Let me just take your boat. Out I go. And they're out into the water, and he's teaching. And Simon says, so Jesus says, put your net out in the deep water. And Simon says, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing Yet, if you say so, I will let down the net. So, when just thinking and praying about this, I felt for some of us that it might be in work. I do feel like a strong sense of you've probably just been in the same sort of work for so long. And it's like, oh, I just feel like I have to keep doing this. Or, or that, just that thing, you know, it's like, I know I probably need to drop this and lay it down to actually be obedient to what's calling me to, but I actually might feel a bit more safe in this area, in my earthly thinking. I feel a sense of, <laughs> like, if Mike Britton came up to me and I'd been working all night trying to do the same thing, and then he went, mate, mate, just try again. The next morning I'd be like, mate, can you just, can you just go away, please? I'd be so, you know what I mean? That natural fleshly reaction of like, don't tell me what to do. Like, I've been trying this for so long nothing's coming and you're telling me to do it again. But Simon, Peter, has faith in Jesus in that moment to not react like, ugh, but like, I've been trying all night to try and catch fish and nothing's happened, but because you say so, I will do it. And I think about that for our own lives, of what you might be in, of like, I've been toiling and working hard all day, all night for this thing and nothing's coming on, but just feel like we're going to have a time a bit later, but if Jesus is like, just like, try again. Lay down your net. Just keep going. And we see in this story that when, Jesus, um, when Simon has faith and is obedient to him, what happens? Catches such a, such a uh, large amount of fish that two of the boats are sinking from the weight of it. And I just think about the kindness of Jesus in moments when we see all throughout the New Testament as well, when people have faith in Jesus or believe in him, and something miraculous happens, like they get healed from years of bleeding or sat by the pool and, and he's, um, he's lame and he, says, and he puts his faith and he gets restored. I think about Jesus is looking for that sort of heart to just believe. Even if you might not see it now, to believe that God can do the miraculous and that his heart is filled with kindness towards us. Um, and linking with this kind of word of obedience sounds a bit like, oof, like a, 
I don't know, housemaster or like a judge or something like, be obedient or whatever it is. And it's like whip on the back. But actually, we, the father loves to reward his children. You know, it says all throughout like, the Sermon on the Mount as well, like with the things that we do in secret, he wants to reward us openly in that. I, don't, I personally don't think that means like, here's 500 pounds, here's a new Lamborghini. <laughs> I think it's more like how our hearts are. He's actually like creating a level of deeper trust or peace or joy or that love of knowing no matter what these things are in the world, like nothing is as satisfying as, as Jesus and putting our trust in him. So like obedience is rewarded. Like I was thinking about... <clears throat> Abraham and Isaac, you know, he's, God is asking him to go and like sacrifice his son. I mean, I don't know if you have, I don't have children, but that would probably be rough. It's got, you have, and you're probably like, nah, probably not. <laughs> I mean, that would be rough. No one's going, yeah, yeah, great. No, that would be rough. Um, but he's obedient. And he, I mean, God at the last second says no, but that God is looking for hearts who are obedient and have faith in him. Again, Daniel in the lion's den, or uh, Daniel, <laughs> last time I messed it up, I called it my shack, his shack, and a, and a bungalow. <laughs> well, actually, Paddy said that to me. Paddy said that one to me. But Shadrach, Meshach, and a bungalow, and a, and a Bendigo. Um, they, like, <laughs> don't know if many people have been threatened to be thrown into a massive oven before in your life or a furnace. Like, I don't think that's very common. But like, imagine that, like your life is in threat and it's like to deny your God, like one God, to, to, under King Nebuchadnezzar's rule of like what he wants. But they're like, no, 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 I have, I have faith in God. And even if, like, even if I die, like, God is, like, he is still my God. I will honor him, like, to the end, like, no matter what. And what happens, literally, God, well, an angel of God, meets them in the fire and rescues them. So I think about, with obedience, just this recapping of, like, obedience, God rewards our obedience. But also, the reality is, and it brings connection and closeness to him, but also, we all know that when we actually are disobedient and we do the thing we know that we shouldn't be doing, like Adam and Eve, Day one, one of, you know, in the first book, the first bit of the Bible, they choose to be, you know, they deceive and they choose their own way. They go, oh, I know what's, I think I know what's right compared to what God's telling me is right. And what what happens, you know, exiled and, but I mean, then we look at the whole Bible story of God's kindness, wanting to bring His people back into restoration and relationship, and we find that here with Jesus. So. Obedience is good. <laughs> and in verse 8, it says, uh, but when, si so crazy boats, boats are sinking. Everyone's like, Flip, we've got a lot of tuna for dinner tonight. <laughs> um, when si verse 8, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. So, I was thinking about this, and I think we've probably, it would be in all parts of our story of, you know, some of us may have just grown up in church, some of us may have had quite a dramatic conversion, whatever, but you've probably all had that moment in your life where you've gone, oh, I know that I'm 
I'm sinning. I'm doing something I know that isn't part of what God is wanting me to do. We've all done that. And like Simon right here, he's just been like blown away by this insane miracle. Just heaps of fish just sinking the boats. And he's in awe. He can't explain it. It's not in his human understanding of what's happening. And the first thing he does is is aware of like God's like holiness like his light and his love like and he's aware of his inner dark state like he's aware of his character he knows that he, this is a sinless man and I'm aware of now I'm aware of my sin in the presence of this and there's like that unworthiness I'm not I'm not good enough I, I can't be near you you're so amazing um, but actually like Jesus' first reply to that is like don't be afraid don't be afraid like I think that's a really important thing to remember when we are aware of stuff in our life in our hearts, in our work or whatever that is where you know that God that isn't on God's way God's God's line is actually being aware of like he wants us to have repentive hearts from that kindness and to be like more like him but actually you're met you're like you you have to remember you are met with a kind gentle and like humble God who is saying do not be afraid and calling you to something even greater you're no longer going to be a fisherman I'm going to make you fish for people. I'm going to make you a fisherman of men. I'm going to make you something greater than just this thing. I don't know if you, <laughs> you've had that if someone was like, I don't know, saying, oh, I'm so awful. And you're like, so there might be a part of like, yeah, yeah. Like, maybe a you and me thing. Like, yeah, you are a bit like that or something like that. But Jesus like, no, no, no. Like, let me lift you up to where you're really meant to be. Um, and so I would say, it says in, well, let's just say this. In 1 John 5, verse 3, it says, In fact, this is the love for God to keep his commands. And I feel like linking with just the things I want to take you away today is obedience to him and knowing you're met with a kind, loving God but wants us to repent and turn to him. He wants us to obey and keep his commands. Like he is kind and merciful and forgiving, but he also wants us to keep his ways and not just go, let me just jump in the Jesus line when I kind of want to. It's like, no, we're all in. I think we see that in the last bit when it said, when they pulled their boats back to the shore after this crazy thing, they left everything and followed him. So I want to just leave that in your heart today as you go of what are you holding on to that you know you need to hand over are you willing to lay down your nets again even though you might be feeling tired or exhausted or feel like you're not seeing anything are you willing to lay down your net and trust in him and know that he is filled with kindness but also wants to transform our hearts to make us more like him and not just choosing our way, which always leads to death, but his way always leads to life.
and life in all its fullness. I think last thing, sorry, I keep saying last thing. Last thing. <laughs> this is the last thing. When I was looking at that word kindness in the Bible, like what does that really mean? Like I searched the Greek. Finn, you can back me up if I'm wrong. Finn is learning Greek, so this is helpful. The word kindness says here is fit for use. So like that line in Romans where it says, his, you've probably all heard it, his kindness leads us to repentance. His kindness leads us to repentance. He is like mending us, making us fit for use. If I'm going down the road, I've got a dodgy bike, and then my, my wheel pops, it's not really fit for use anymore. I mean, it is, it would suck, but I can't really bombed up Chanctuary Ring anymore. I don't do that anyway, if I wish. But he wants to replace that, mend that, and make us fit for use for him. Um, so I think what would be great just to end is that if we maybe just all stand together, it would be amazing. Sorry, we've got to now stand up. Joe Wicks. <laughs> <laughs>